slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, glad to be with you here on Friday talking Islanders hockey and a a disappointing start to the season for the New York Islanders. They fall to the Panthers in, uh, excuse me, to the Hurricanes in Raleigh by a score of six to three. And we will break down the key takeaways from this game, but First and foremost, if you don't play your game, you're not going to win. And the Islanders did not play to their strengths in this contest. We'll preview Saturday's game in Florida against the Panthers. And we'll have our Islanders birthday of the day and a lot more. I want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms. If you've got something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, or a topic that you'd like us to discuss, feel free to email us. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is. That's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. And those of you watching on uh, YouTube, which all of our shows are now posted there, uh, you could see that email address up there. But again, for those of you who are just listening on your podcatcher of choice, it's... uh, Ice Wars, NYR, VSNYI, and we keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news notes and happenings, and we're live tweeting during almost every Islanders game for instant news and analysis. Not a good start for the New York Islanders in week one, and I gotta say it was very disappointing the way this team ended up playing. Uh, Throughout the preseason with the exception of that finale against the Rangers. The Islanders played strong team defense, limited the chances that the opposing teams had, and really were effective defensively. And yet, you go out in the first game that actually counts, and the opposite was true. When was the last time that the Islanders gave up 40 shots on goal in a game? Doesn't happen too often to this team, and it happened against the Hurricanes last night. And it's not only the number of shots that the Islanders gave up, it's the quality of opportunities that they gave up. And I always like to look at the shot chart uh, at the end of the game and where the opportunities came from. 
so many quality scoring chances from that da- high danger area in between the faceoff circles and the goal crease. So not only did the Islanders give up 40 shots, but too many of those shots were dangerous shots. And the other thing is this, Barry Trotz and the New York Islanders insist, and rightfully so, on playing a defense-first system. That's what works for them. That is what they do best. And yet, on opening night against Carolina, so many giveaways in their own zone and turnovers in their own zone. Andy Green had one that was particularly bad uh, that led to a goal. Uh, Another one by Scott Mayfield. Too many Carolina players setting up in front of the Islander goal, screening Ilya Sorokin, not letting him get to the puck. And realistically, you're not going to win too many hockey games when you're giving away that many quality opportunities to the opposition. And it was a very un-Islanders-like performance. Again, Special teams, a problem for the Islanders in this one, especially on the power play where it seemed like no matter what the Islanders did when they had the man advantage, they weren't setting up in the offensive zone and getting quality opportunities. The power play just looked lethargic and disorganized. And, and you know, you just went through five preseason games, you just went through training camp, you got to figure this team should have spent a lot of time working on that power play, and yet it didn't happen. Uh, They just didn't look sharp, didn't look coordinated. And last year, Nick Letty was a key player for the Islanders, quarterbacking the power play and... uh, rushing the puck up the ice out of the Islander zone and into the attack zone. He's no longer with the team. He's now a Detroit Red Wing. And Noah Dobson and company really didn't seem to do a consistent job of transitioning from your own zone into the attack zone and at quarterbacking the power play and giving the team a chance to get quality scoring opportunities and establish possession of the puck in the offensive zone. It just wasn't there. So, you know, you you take a situation where you combine the fact that you didn't play to your strengths, you didn't play solid defensive hockey, and then those things that we talked about on the show leading up to the season where the power play was going to be important to this team's success offensively, power play wasn't there at all. I mean, I think on the first two or three power play opportunities, the Islanders didn't even get a shot on goal. I guarantee you, if you're not shooting the puck on the net, you're not putting the puck behind the goalie. So, uh, you know, as Wayne Gretzky once said, you're not going to score on 100% of the shots you don't take. If you don't get shots on goal, you can't score. And the Islanders weren't even good enough on the power play to get quality scoring chances. Overall, this team did not play to its strengths, and 
did not get the job done. And the other thing is, you know, on a season opener, when there's a season where there's so much anticipation and, you know, your, your team has been in the conference final in back-to-back years, this is like everyone has been saying all preseason and all offseason that the Islanders are a team that can get to or even win the Stanley Cup this year. Well, you know what? This Islander team, the way they're built, they are not built where they're going to come out and just show up and win a lot of hockey games. What they are going to do is outwork you, is play smart, positional hockey, play defense first, get good goaltending. None of those elements were consistently apparent in the season opener, and as a result, you end up with a 6-3 to loss and a disappointing performance in Carolina against the Hurricanes. Now, there were some good points to this game, and we'll talk about those, plus we'll preview Game 2 in Florida as this 13-game season opening road trip continues. We'll have all of that, plus our Islanders' birthday of the day, and a whole lot more, so make sure you stay with us right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and they have so many delicious flavors. There really is something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're always passionate about their favorites, and it's easy to tell why. Listen to some of these great flavors. Cookies and cream, coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, Cherry Barcia, my personal favorite, salted caramel. That combination of sweet and salty gets me every time. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where they'll send you two of each of the nine permanent flavors so you can decide which ones you like the best. And not only are Built Bars the best tasting protein bar on the market, but they're healthy too. Check out the macros. Each bar has between 17 and 18 grams of protein. Just 130 to 180 uh, calories, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. All amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. And Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to Built.com now and use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Now, there were some positives to take away from this hockey game. I'm not going to say that the Islanders didn't do some things well. And, you know, when we were previewing the season, we talked about the importance of that first line developing chemistry because Kyle Palmieri had never played with Anders Lee except for, what was it, two preseason games this year. Uh, Lee obviously had missed a lot of time because of injuries. Well, rest assured that that first line played well. They scored two of the team's three goals, the first one by Matthew Barzal, Uh, The second one by Anders Lee. Good to see Lee get that first goal of the year in his first game back after returning from the injury. Kyle Palmieri assisting on two goals in his first game this year with the Islanders. So there were some positives to be taken away. And the second line, the B&B line, uh, getting a goal as well. Brock Nelson from 
Anthony Bavillier and Josh Bailey. I think the chemistry between the three players on that first line was very solid. They created some scoring chances. They uh, seemed to pass well between each other. And that's what you need to see. If, if that top line, which in a 6-3 to three loss, all three of the players on the top line all had at least one point, and they were all a plus two in plus minus, that was definitely a benefit for the Islanders in this first game. The downside, though, that third line of J.G. Pajot, Oliver Wallstrom, and uh, Zach Parise did not look in sync. Wallstrom had a shaky first game, and, you know, throughout training camp, Barry Trotz was calling Oliver Wallstrom out, saying he needs more from Wallstrom, that he wasn't playing up to the standard that the young player even set last year in his rookie season. And, you know, in his second year, you expect a young player to take a jump forward. You don't want him to go into the dreaded sophomore slump. That's what it looked like from Wallstrom. Just wasn't a particularly strong game. That line, all of them a minus one. And, you know, look, Zach Parise had three shots on goal, but Wallstrom, not even one. He didn't look strong on the puck and didn't particularly play well in the defensive zone. So we have to see how uh, Barry Trotz handles that. And I can guarantee you this, Barry Trotz is not going to just sit back and let a poor performance like this be the end-all and be-all for his team. So right now, you got to figure that post-game, Trotz had a lot to say to his team, and the Islanders are going to have to bounce back from this poor performance Saturday when they go down to South Florida to take on the Florida Panthers. And that won't be an easy game. The Panthers are a talented team. They have a lot of explosive players who are capable of putting the puck in the net. Alexander Barkov always comes to mind. You got Sam Reinhart, Jonathan Huberdeau, great players like Aaron Ekblad and Mackenzie Wieger, who play on the blue line and are very strong players there as well. Sam Bennett, you have a veteran like Joe Thornton who can also uh, put the puck in the net and play well in all three zones. Patrick Hornquist, Anthony Duclair. There's a lot of talent on this Florida Panthers team. And the Islanders, you know, Florida off to that 1-0 start. They beat the Pittsburgh Penguins in overtime. Uh... 5-4 to four to start their season. Now the Islanders have a challenge to try to right the ship and go up against a talented, explosive Florida Panthers team. But you know what? I look at it this way, and I think there's a benefit to this. To beat the Florida Panthers, you have the explosive offense of the Panthers against the defense-first system of the New York Islanders. If you want to win this hockey game, if you want to beat Florida, you got to get back to basics. And the key to this game for the Islanders is to go back to their strength. And their strength is defense. Their strength is getting bodies 
in between the attacking forwards of the opposition and their goaltender, not allowing rebounds, not allowing deflections, not allowing their goaltender to be screened. And, you know, the old statement is when things aren't going well, you keep it simple. Keep it simple, stupid. The kiss theory, as they call it. This is what the Islanders are going to have to do. Go back to basics. Do what you do best. Play that defense-first style that has been so successful for this team that they played so well during the first four preseason games this year and that they need to recapture in order to right the ship and get back into the win column this season. Look, this game, game one against Carolina was a big disappointment. You don't want to give up six goals. You don't want to give up 40 shots. But there are some positives to take away from this. And Barry Trotz coached team, since he's come here three years ago, have always responded to a loss and bounced back well. Even when they've played some terrible games. I remember a playoff game, what did they lose? Seven to nothing or eight to one, where where they were just totally out of sync, outplayed, did not have it. They bounced back the next game. And I think this Islanders team, this veteran Islanders team that has been through so many games and so many wars, they're not going to panic. They're going to bounce back. And I think win, lose, or draw, we're going to see a better performance from the New York Islanders Saturday evening against the Florida Panthers. And, And that, to me is what you need to see. Even if you don't get the two points, you want to see this team bounce back and play well. And I am confident that that's what they're going to do uh, during this upcoming game. And look, you know, a 13-game road trip, and we've talked about this before, it is a double-edged sword. It can really put you behind the eight ball or... It can really bond your team together and get things going in the right direction for the long term of an 82-game season that's ahead. So if the Islanders, we said we wanted a minimum of 13 points, but preferably 15 points out of this 13-game road trip, so far, no points in one game. Let's see how they bounce back against Florida. We have got more to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast Our Islanders' birthday of the day coming up, and I'll tell you this, uh, as far as our Islanders' birthday of the day is concerned, one of the more popular Islanders players from the 1990s, even though he was never a particularly big offensive contributor. And again, thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, and even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON, one word, 
to receive your bonus. That's free money to use at betonline.ag when you use the promo code Locked On. From football, basketball, boxing, hockey, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And uh, this is one of my favorite players. And he was a fan favorite for Islander fans throughout the 90s. Want to wish a very happy 49th birthday. It'll actually be on Saturday over this weekend to former Islanders defenseman Darius Kasparaitis. The Islanders drafted Kasparaitis in the first round, fifth overall back in 1992, and the Lithuanian native joined the Islanders for the 92-93 season after playing in Russia for five seasons as a professional. Uh, was a big part of that Islanders 1993 run to the conference final in the playoffs that year. Uh, you know, Kasparaitis stayed with the Islanders through the 96-97 season when he was traded midseason to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, played very well there, went on to Colorado, and then was briefly, well not briefly, he spent three and a half seasons with the New York Rangers before finishing his career back in the KHL. Kasparaitis played 863 games in the NHL and only scored 27 goals and had 163 points. But boy, was Darius Kasparaitis a fan favorite because this guy hit anything that moved in an opposing jersey. And the great thing about Kasparaitis, he wasn't afraid to go up against and hit the opposing team's best players. When the Islanders would play the Rangers in the early 90s, you know, a lot of players were afraid to go after a guy like Marc Messier, who was famous for getting his elbows up and being tough and being physical. And look, everybody knew if you went after Messier and he didn't get you, the, you know, Jeff Bukaboom would come after you or Adam Graves. Well, Darius Kasparaitis had no fear. And he just went out and went up against the other team's best player and biggest stars and let him know that there was a price to be paid if you went into the Islanders zone and tried to set up in front of the Islanders goal. So that was the style that Darius Kasparaitis played and it made him a fan favorite on the island while he was here. We're going to go back and look at one of Kasparaitis' best games with the Islanders. December 17th, 1992, the Ottawa Senators invade the Nassau Coliseum and uh, it was Steve Weeks getting the start for uh, the road team, while Glenn Healy was the goaltender for the Islanders. And it was the Islanders scoring first, Brad Delgarno, his fifth from Steve Thomas, and our Islanders' birthday of the day, Darius Kasparaitis. That was at 348, Islanders with a quick 1-0 lead. Exactly 61 seconds later, Pierre Turgeon makes it 2-0 Islanders, his 18th from Daniel Marois and Derek King, and it looked like the Islanders were going to coast, but Ottawa gets goals from Neil Brady and Dave Archibald, and by the 10:03 mark of the first period, that 2-0 lead is gone, we're all tied at 2. But the Islanders bounce back. Travis Green gives the Isles back the lead. His second of the year from Brad Delgarno and Gary Nyland at 1823. 
three two aisles, and then only 37 seconds later, Derek King makes it four to two, his 19th from Daniel Marwa. The teams traded goals in the second period. Brian Mullen scoring for the Islanders, Sylvain Turgeon for the Sens. So all of a sudden, it's a 5-3 game heading into the third period, but that's where the Islanders pulled away. U Uwe Krupp, his third from Pat Flatley and Benoit Hogue at 152. Then Darius Kasparitis, our Islanders' birthday of the day, gets his second of the year from Hogue and Pat Flatley at 948. Pierre Turgeon and Benoit Hogue add late goals, and the Islanders skate away with a dominating 9-3 win over the Ottawa Senators. In fact, Peter Sidorkowitz came in and replaced Steve Weeks after he gave up the first four goals. And Glenn Healy only faced 22 shots, made 19 saves in this one. Islanders out shooting Ottawa 37-22 to earn this victory. As for our Islanders' birthday of the day, Darius Kasparitis, one goal, one assist, a plus two, two penalty minutes for good measure. And of course, he had... Uh, three shots on goal, which is a pretty high number for Darius Kasparitis. So again, a, a very happy and healthy 49th birthday to Darius Kasparitis. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked on Islanders podcast. I want to thank you for making Locked on Islanders your first listen every day. On Monday, we will be back. We'll have a a full recap and key takeaways from the game against the Florida Panthers this weekend. We'll look ahead to the game against Chicago early next week, and we'll start to look for some patterns as to how the Islanders are playing in the early part of this season. Now, make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks, as always, for listening. And of course, let's go Islanders.